0: Well, welcome everyone uh, to another episode of WA This Week. Again, another interesting week uh, in Parliament. We did a big debate this week in Parliament, uh, a matter of public interest, looking at the management of this government uh, in terms of how they manage projects and transparency. And, and, you know, it's an interesting reflection to look at that because uh, what we see is a government that is obsessive about secrecy um, but also utterly incompetent in managing major projects. The Auditor-General uh, released her report this week uh, looking at 14 of the major projects the Government are managing. And I won't go through it in detail, but um, you know, of those 14 projects, seven of those are more than a year overdue. One is two and a half years overdue, um, and they're around $560 million over budget. Uh, on those projects. This is a government that cannot manage major projects. More importantly, cannot manage your money. Imagine what $560 million could do to help solve homelessness in this state. It could solve that problem forever. Um, instead, it's being wasted on incompetent management of projects. But. One area I really do want to highlight which I think is really disturbing in terms of a complete failure of government in managing your money properly is the sale of uh, uh, three Landgate properties in Midland uh, to a uh, company that manages rental properties. Now I don't have any uh, concerns with the company that it was sold to, in fact this company would be celebrating the deal of a lifetime I think and You know you might say at one level good luck to them but unfortunately it's you the taxpayer that is going to pay, and not just pay today, but you're going to be paying for the next 15 years for what is a completely bungled deal and I'll take you through a little bit of detail on that. This is land that's owned by the government in Midland, they own these, these properties. Uh, Now, the the detail that we've been able to ascertain is that there's 13,700 square metres of rentable space in those buildings. Now I've spoken to experts in this field, people that actually develop properties for rental and otherwise uh, buy and sell those properties, they tell me that the minimum valuation for that property should be around uh, $5,000 per square metre. Uh, And uh, that would mean that that property uh, should have sold um, for $68.5 million. What did the government sell it for? The government sold those properties for $17.3 million. So that's a substantial gap. Now the government say, well, significant modifications are going to have to be done to the building. So if you look in the budget, the government had planned modifications of that building of $10.5 million. Um, That gave, you might say, well, that building is valued at um, $27.8 million uh, uh, in terms of its total value. Um, But it should have been sold for $68.5 million. I mean, the best spin the government can put on this is that they sold that building for $40 million less than it was worth. Imagine that, $40 million dollars—that less than it was worth. Now, the government are going to continue to lease the building that they, or the buildings, that they once owned. So they're going to continue leasing them for the next 15 years. And the leases they're paying are absolutely uh, top um, dollar, if you like, in terms of the cost of those leases. Now, let's go through it. Let's imagine the government was right, and those buildings were actually worth $27.8 million. Because they're a uh, blue-chip long-term leaseholder, uh, I'm told that the typical yield an investor would expect is around 5%. Uh, Now, 5% of, if we include the upgrades, 5% of $27.8 million is around $1.4 million per annum. How much rent do you reckon the government are paying? The government are actually going to pay about $5.7 million uh, rent every year on that property. So a 5% yield would give you $1.4 million. They're going to pay $5.7 million year on year over the next 15 years. And of course there'll be escalation built into that in any case. This is an absolute disgrace. Now I asked Minister Safiotti in Parliament, who's the Minister responsible, I asked her, can you please share the detail Uh, of the modelling that was done to justify this deal. The Minister said in a press release that the government was going to save $12 million on this deal. Now, you know, it's quite clear that there are are only two choices in relation to, to this deal. Either someone in government has monumentally mucked up, we've got a cabinet, none of them have any commercial experience who didn't even look at it and go hang on we're selling it for 17.3 but we're going to pay 85 million dollars in rent over the next 15 years? That doesn't sound like a very good deal. There was no one there who who had the acumen to do that so either it was a mon- monumental muck up or either there's something fishy going on. Now I, I don't know and, and I, I believe in fact this is just gross incompetence on the part of a government, you know, they tout themselves as great financial managers. Cabinet must have approved this. Everyone that sat around that Cabinet table, including the Premier, looked at this deal and thought, that's just fine. That's a good use of taxpayers' money. You know, uh, that goes to highlight just how incompetent this government is. That's why we see these massive blowouts on their capital projects, because they cannot manage your money. Now they've had good luck with massive windfalls in terms of additional GST revenue and additional mineral royalties, in particular iron ore royalties, but they're wasting that money and they're really wasting a once in a lifetime opportunity. I guess that example I've just given really goes to uh, contrast with the cost of living distress that households in Western Australia are facing uh, right now. All households are seeing massive increases in in fees and, and and charges and and really disappointingly I think the government had an opportunity to give you relief here. They've got a five point seven billion dollar surplus, courtesy of the GST and the uh, mineral royalties. And uh, Instead of saying, you know, we know things are tough now, we're going to give you some relief. We saw massive increases, uh, substantial increases in fees and charges in every sector where the government applies those charges, whether it was your car licence, your power, your water uh, and and the like. You know, that's hurting households. Now, what do we see during this time? um, We've got the Premier, the Deputy Premier, uh, heading off on a summer holiday. I mean, this is just, uh, you know, incredible and, and, you know, you'd have to think that the Premier tries to justify this and he's saying he's flying over to Europe and he's doing these things to help Western Australia. But boy, the trip, the itinerary for their trip uh, really looks like a summer holiday, you know, a boyhood dream, you know, when they left uni and they wanted to travel to Europe, all the places they wanted to go. Uh, You know, flying off to Italy, uh, then, you know, to other parts of Europe, you know, this is not going to bring workers back to Western Australia and it's not going to help our economy. Um, It's an enormous amount of money to spend, which it it seems to be a complete indulgence and the Premier uh, can paint it up any way he likes. And you know the Deputy Premier, we've just had two weeks of Parliament. We, We have a period coming up that we call the winter break, where there's five weeks where members of Parliament can do other business, and often that's when they travel. The Deputy Premier didn't even bother staying in Western Australia for the last two weeks of Parliament. In fact, we had uh, two days of that uh, parliamentary sitting where we didn't have the Premier or the Deputy Premier in Parliament to be accountable to answer questions. You know, they don't have to spend a lot of time there, but they, they're so arrogant, they don't think they have to be there. But, you know, it, it's a real... I think a real insult to Western Australians, you know, while you're suffering, while many, many Western Australians are making the most agonising decisions about how they're going to uh, eke out their income and interest rates rising and, and the great fear that they're going to continue rising in the future, they're off. I think, enjoying themselves on a trip around Europe. Uh, I think that's appalling. Um, and it just demonstrates, again, the arrogance of this government. They don't think they're accountable to you. They don't think they're accountable to the opposition. I'd encourage you, spend a bit of time. Go and look at how the Premier and his ministers behave during question time in parliament. Because we treat that seriously and we treat it with respect. And they treat it with absolute contempt. Uh, they are offensive, abusive, uh, and otherwise don't answer questions and uh, have a look, I'd encourage you, go and search it up. It's easy to find hands out online and just see how the the people that that are supposed to be responsible in our state behave. And I think you'll be quite shocked. Another um, matter that came to our attention this week, the Honourable Nick Graham, who's a member for the South Metropolitan Region in the Upper House, um, asked a question of the Minister for Emergency Services, um, uh, the Honourable Chris Dawson, whether he got to uh, see the Chief Health Officer's advice in relation to extensions of the uh, emergency uh, period. We're in a a state, of a declared state of emergency. I mean, you might not think it, um, you know, unless there are rockets raining down in your area, you might not think we're in a state of emergency at the moment, but officially Western Australia is in a state of emergency under the Emergency Management Act. It gives the government all sorts of powers, um, but the one that the government loves most is, it means they never have to explain their decisions. Now you'd think that the uh, minister for uh, responsible for that area um, uh, for emergency management, um, uh, Minister Dawson, you'd think he'd be looking at the advice from the Chief Health Officer to make sure that that justifies the extension of the emergency. He'd be asking questions Uh, and he'd be interrogating that, because you don't have a state of emergency just as a normal course of events. It it offers the potential to curtail all sorts of usual civil rights. Um, And you only do it when there is an emergency. Sometimes you need it. We agreed at the start of the pandemic when no one knew what was going to happen, that you needed it. But we don't need that now, and we've said that consistently now for a period of time. But imagine the minister who's responsible for that area doesn't even bother looking at the advice. I think it's appalling. Um, You know, that's a lack of good government. Uh, That's a minister not doing their their job. Um, And I think it puts a lie to the fact that we need to be in a state of emergency, that the minister doesn't even think he has to look to the advice. They just keep extending this emergency, this state of emergency is, is fundamentally wrong. It's a misuse Um, of those powers and those provisions that are in our Constitution for what are genuine emergencies and we're not in an emergency now. Look, um, thanks very much for listening, Um, really appreciate uh, the folk that uh, keep an eye on this and again hi to my DPC friends, hope you enjoy it as well. That's the Department of Premier and Cabinet, they've got a big team up there. And uh, uh, look, otherwise, uh, if you want to get this as a podcast, um, you can get it on uh, Stitcher or Spotify, or you can get it on whatever platform you get your podcasts on. And if you want to um, see the video or share the video, then you can look up Dr. David Honey on Facebook, and you can um, share that with your friends and look at the message out. Um, Sometimes, um, you know, some of these stories don't get around, but I think they're important. Uh, it's important information for the community to see how their government is behaving Um, and uh, otherwise please give us your feedback we love the feedback and uh, you know people are very generous with that and and uh, that helps us uh, improve what we do thank you very much